Dana McLaughlin is here to talk about the rise of someone who calls himself the Bronze Age pervert. Kia ora, Daniel. Howdy, Kim. I'd never heard of this. And you said, oh, I think you have to be online to know that. I said, I'm online. I think you have to be I'm online. too online um, <laughs> to sort of embedded in, in the, you know, like the, the strange byways of online political discourse. It's an American thing mainly. Kind of. It's, I know online's yeah, everywhere, but yeah. Americans seem to have taken to Yeah, this. yeah. Amer- uh, the US, um, so I'll, I'll talk a little, a little bit about what it is. Um, it's... Bronze Age pervert is the pseudonymous name of a pseudonymous. I got into a tangle with that. I think it's pseudonymous. Is it? Okay, let's go with that. I think we found an extra syllable. It's the um, nom de plume of an um, an 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 alt right author who has written this book called Bronze Age Mindset. That's become a sort of a, a cult book. It's it's called an exhortation. It's it's a sort of deranged manifesto and it, it became popular among the, the alt-right in the US and then um, political journalists in Washington started saying well actually this is really popular young, among young staffers in the Trump administration and then it sort of came into the mainstream a little bit more when um, conservative academics started saying well actually a lot of my young students are reading this book and and it's it's a problem because it's, it's essentially sort of a, a fascist manifesto um, and it's kind of become just more and more well-known. And then in the last year, we found out who the author is, um, uh, a guy named Kostin Alamariu, who is from Romania but grew up in the U.S., has a, a Ph.D. In, in political theory from Yale University. And as, as soon as he was sort of, um, you know, outed uh, in this um, article in The Atlantic, his his um, PhD thesis was was turned into a book and sold, and it became a, a global bestseller. So that sort of indicates that it's not just an online thing. It's actually, um, you know, it has mainstream cut through. The book then? Yep. Bronze Age Mindset is a global yeah. bestseller, you're saying? Well, it was, a, I mean, it's not It's not selling as well as Ann Patchett, but um, it's. <laughs> it, it was one of the, I think, the, the top 25 on Amazon, um, which is very unusual for, you know, a, a doctoral thesis. Those aren't the kind of um, texts that, that normally, you know, Get to the top of the Amazon bestseller lists. This is an article written by Graham Wood in the Atlantic. Yes, who claims to have had you know quite a kind of long-standing friendship or relationship yep. with Bronze Age pervert, yeah. and he names him, and he says it's hard to convey precisely what Bronze Age pervert believes, in part because his views are so outlandish that even when stated simply, they sound like incoherent ranting. He argues that the natural and desirable condition of life is the domination of the weak and ugly by the strong and noble. He considers American citizen cities a wasteland run by Jews and black people, although the words he uses to denote these groups are considerably less genteel than these. I mean, I kind of get the picture. Yep. So the the book is, it is ridiculous. Um, he's writing it in this persona of someone, I guess Borat would be the closest Right to it, it's it's um, hyperbolic and exaggerated, and so there is this debate about how seriously do you take any of this. And one of the things that struck me when I was reading it, his favourite philosopher is Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche, nineteenth-century philosopher. Always and, a bit tricky. Yeah, and in, in Nietzsche, he has this idea that a philosopher 
as someone who should be something that's saying something that's dangerous to their current society. And the best way to do that is, is to present yourself as a buffoon. And so people will think, oh, well, he's ridiculous. We shouldn't take him seriously. But there is a, a very serious message within the text. And the people that are ready for that message will be able to see it and get it. So you kind of, you hide yourself behind the guise of a, a fooler, of a fool by, by saying things that appear ridiculous, but your core message is deadly serious. And that's, that's what I think this guy is doing. Really? Yeah. A Trojan horse. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the way I've read about him, he sounds like another manifestation of Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate. To address this crisis of masculinity yeah, among yep. young men. Yeah, I mean, he's... I, I don't know that much about Andrew Tate, but Peterson is, is almost the opposite, I think. He's someone who really wants to be taken very seriously. But if you read his books, they don't... It, it's kind of incoherent. It's hard to know what, like, a, a Jordan Peterson world would look like, whereas it's really easy to understand what a, a BAP world would look like, that it is, you know, it's essentially a sort of fascist aristocracy. Um, and there is a, a political sophistication to his book. There is, yeah, it, it, it coheres. It's something that if you're kind of a young guy and you think, well, I'm, I'm better than everybody else and I should really be running things, that there is a a philosophy there that you can just pick up and it makes sense to you at least. And so, yeah, I, that's why I think he's he's a much more formidable and, and um, thinker than, than Jordan Peterson is. What, um, what's the Bronze Age got to do with anything? Okay. <laughs> Glad you asked, Kim. Thank you. So BAP's theory, grand theory of human history, is that the the default mode for human society is a kind of um, socialist egalitarian matriarchy. He calls it a, a gynogerontocracy. It's sort of ruled by by um, sort of you know sinister older woman who uh, <laughs> he, he calls it the longhouse, which is this this you know big communal meeting hall that lots of of you know um, earlier societies are organised around the Fari Nui basically. And so he thinks that. Um, these these matriarchies are sort of suffocating and conformist, and so in the Bronze Age, in his um, you know version of things, you get these these um, tribes of of Aryan warriors, and they sort of so patriarchy is a revolution against matriarchy. So in his version of events, it's something that's that's a, a sort of liberation from these you know suffocating socialist states and that's where you get philosophy and science and representative art so he's done something which is to come up with a theory of patriarchy that is sort of radical and revolutionary instead of something that is oppressive which is i mean there's there's like no archaeological evidence to support any of this at all but again i think if you're kind of a young guy and you sort of don't like the society that you live in and feel you're not respected enough and a, a huge part of BAP is talking about the vitality of young men and sort of the falseness of egalitarianism. He really rails against the idea that, that humans are equal. He thinks that humans obviously aren't equal, that we should we just need to look around and see that some people are, are physically and intellectually superior to others and so you know our society should reflect that. It's his grand theory of everything. So he's addressing the curse of feminism. Yes. Um, distorting everything. Yeah. And also got some kind of Aryan ideal going on. 
Yeah, again, this is an idea. It was around in the 19th century, and it became a really important part of Nazi race science that you had these um, early, early Aryan tribes that were the sort of, you know, the, the progenitors of civilization, and they, um, because they were a warrior tribe, they were um, physically superior to everybody else. And again, this is, you know, it's nonsense. You do get some genetic variance between populations, but it's mostly about the ability to metabolize food or disease resistance, because in evolutionary terms, that's where the action is. But his theory is that um, there's a sort of eugenic selection for for great art and great philosophy, and, and that's where you get um, civilization from. There's an awful lot, I mean, given the state of us, yep. there's an awful lot of pluses attached to making young men feel better about themselves and giving yeah. them some purpose. Yes, yeah. And that would be where this gets some traction, right? I think so. And I like I I think I mean he uses the word vitality to describe young men. And and although his book is homophobic, it it seems kind of obvious that this author, Costin Alamario, is a, a, a gay man. I, I looked on his Twitter thread this morning, and it's just filled with um, nude pictures of Czech bodybuilders. And that's, again, part of this sort of this buffoonish role I think he plays, that he's, he's it's very camp while pretending to be, you know. Um, that's too complicated. Yeah, it, it's pretty, it, it is strange. It's He's wildly inconsistent. I mean, he, if He's he's misogynistic, but he's constantly quoting feminist philosophers. He's interested in Camille Paglia and Susan Sontag, and so and he's fascist, but at the same time Jewish. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's yeah there is there's there's no consistency in a lot of his stances. Well, I mean that's the only way to invent invent anything new is to abandon consistency. Consistency uh, argued one way, it just conformity, right? I guess so. But I think there is a consistency at the heart of it all, which is that modern society is kind of degenerate and a human zoo and it all needs to be overturned by extremely attractive young men who have done lots of weightlifting. <laughs> that's that's really the, the heart of it all. How <laughs> weird. It is. It's it's honestly one of the strangest books I've I've read. Is it? Yeah. And do people make of it what they will or is it or is there some kind of I don't know, coherent political body around it. There's, I mean, he has a huge amount, number of online admirers and they, they you know, take pictures of themselves weightlifting and send them to him to, to um, tweet on his Twitter feed. So, Do and, women read it and like it? I don't think so. There it's is, all blokes, is it? I, I think mostly, yeah. Um, and it's I imagine. Not, it's not for women It's at not all. for those no. fat mammies in the No, exactly, house. yeah. Right. So, and, and in that sense, it's quite... You know, his his background is in classical philosophy, and there is this idea in Greek philosophy that true eros takes place between men, um, especially men that go to war together. We were watching, this is a slight digression, we, were, we watched the second Top Gun movie the other day, mm -hmm. and that's completely buying into that worldview. That, and there are sort of, like, attractive women around in the background to show that there's some sort of heterosexuality going on. But in general, it's about the love between men who are going off to war together. So this is, you know, it's not something he's pulled out of nowhere. It's, it's a consistent theme in, in Greek philosophy. Mm. Yeah. I have, I've never watched either of the Top Gun ones right. on account of the fact that I can't be doing with Tom Cruise, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, but I've heard it said that it's homoerotic. I mean, the first one... Amazingly so. There are volleyball scenes and shower scenes, which are, are kind of, you know, 
<laughs> it's hard to disguise what's going on. This, but the second one is sort of, I guess, more into this. It's, it's a bit more muted. It's not so explicit. In, um, in this article I was reading in The Atlantic by Graham Wood, he says the Bronze Age, as you explained, Daniel, the Bronze Age element refers to the earliest days of ancient Greece, mm-hmm. virile pagan militarism, men performed feats of intellect and strength mm-hmm. unknown today. These men prospered under life at its peak, which happens not in the grass hut village ruled yeah. by nutso mammies, <laughs> but in the military state. Yep. Quoting. And he says, then things get weird. <laughs> and <I'm> thinking, oh! <laughs> Bap fantasizes about a near apocalyptic cleansing. Yeah. It's all a bit Ayn Rand as well, isn't it? I mean, Ayn Rand in some ways is more influenced by Nietzsche than by any kind of free market capitalism. And one of her books, The Fountainhead, because I read those books when I was a teenager. And I didn't thought they we were, all? I thought they were great at the time. And, I did. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I didn't think they were great, but I didn't understand what they right. were. And, I mean, The Fountainhead, she's not really arguing for capitalism. She is arguing for this idea that there are just people, mostly men, who are superior and don't have to follow any kind of laws. So this guy blows up his own building and, uh, and well, not his building, the building he's built for someone else. And, and her argument is that that, that should be fine because he's a super, superhuman. So, yeah, there is, again, this Randian tradition, that um, this Nietzschean tradition that, that she is building off and that was also very popular on the US right for a while. I'm wondering why, I mean, do you think he's read Ayn Rand? I suppose he must have. Possibly, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think he ever references her. Um, no. Yeah, Paglia Sontag. He's sort of, he has a problem with Hannah Arendt, who we talked about, I think, last time I was on here. Because mm. Arendt really takes up this idea that he's advocating for, that you can get rid of democracy, which is conformist, and and replace it with a sort of an, an aristocracy of, of elites. And Arendt's argument was... Even if you could do that, you couldn't do it anymore. But, you know, this was the idea that of what fascism was supposed to be. But Aaron points out, if you're going to have an authoritarian state, you need a massive bureaucracy, and the people that run that bureaucracy are not aristocratic elites who are going to lead to a flourishing of art and science. They're just bureaucrats, and they hope you kill a lot of people, but they can't really do anything creative or interesting. And so, and um, Bap's argument is that Aaron is just wrong, but he doesn't engage with it. And it feels like that's quite a devastating critique that she's made that that undermines everything that he's trying to say. Um, Is there anything in Bronze Age mindset that you feel drawn to or feel like it's a good thing? It's the kind of thing I kind of imagine I might have been drawn to when I was a teenage boy and just sort of looking for... Um, something to make sense of it all. I, I suspect I kind of would have lost interest and become interested in something else a few months later. But that, so maybe that it says be... for teenage boys yeah. what Ayn Rand did for yeah. you. I mean, there's also there's this idea, what I call the Nietzschean trap, which is that when you actually read Nietzsche and he's talking about superhumans and you know aristocrats, he's generally talking about people like Beethoven or Goethe, people who are just really break out, you know, off the charts, extraordinary. And if you're a teenage boy, you kind of read it and think he's talking about me, but you don't have any of these you know, abilities or achievements. And so I think there's something similar going on here that his readers will think, well, you know, when he's talking about, um, you know, like the, the elites, he's talking about me. But are you really a, a member of the elite? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He also believes, I see, in transmigration of souls. 
It's such, I, I said earlier, it's such a strange book. There's all sorts of weird lifestyle stuff in there. Nude sunbathing is part of it. Um, he thinks that soy, uh, soy sauce is, uh, what's he called? A xenoestrogenic, that it's turning men into women. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't describe how incredibly strange it is. It's fractally weird. Every single page has something else that is like the transmigration of souls. It's something that's complete... Um, journey from what he seems to be talking about. Graham Wood yeah. says that listening to him, one gets the impression of florid insanity. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, sometimes it reminds me of, of Goop, you know, the Gwyneth Paltrow lifestyle thing, yeah. and that it's incredibly inventive at coming up with, with these extremely bizarre ideas. But instead of um, women, he's sort of marketing these odd lifestyle ideas to men. He's Graham Wood says he digresses as if not in control of his own thoughts, he barks insults and orders at subordinates. Well, who doesn't, Daryl? No. And one can reasonably wonder whether these figures are comic creations or psychotic delusions. He cannot possibly believe everything he says he believes. Yeah, it's it's certainly not... I mean, yeah, it's not consistent. I think... the. Like I said, the core message is consistent and that a lot of this is a kind of affectation to make himself seem a bit more ridiculous than he is. But is he dangerous? I suspect so. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. I mean, I kind of think if there's anything that's true in Bronze Age pervert and Bronze Age mindset, it is this idea that the aggression of young men is kind of a problem. And he wouldn't say it's a problem. He would say it's it's the best thing and the only thing that really matters in the world. But... You know, a lot of the yeah, people that we have in prisons are, are kind of aggressive young men. And so, and there, there is an idea that we often hear on the left that this is because of, I don't know, a sort of, it's a social construct that young men should be aggressive. But I, he would say, no, it's just part of their nature. It's, it's Darwinian. It's part of their vitality. And I think that is probably true. Um, and I, but I would say that it's, it's a problem instead of, you know, the direct, the direction that we should lead our, go down to destroy all of our civilization um, to indulge it. Graham Wood, the author of this article that I'm constantly quoting, um, says that um, how the interesting thing is how liberalism acquired a reputation for sissydom. And he goes on to say academia, elite journalism, liberalism's victory had been so overwhelming that for generations it grew soft and flabby and unaccustomed to the hard work of defending itself from a vigorous challenger. And now we have this ranting nudist posing <laughs> a real danger. Yeah. Do you think that that's a feasible scenario? I don't know if I would put it like that. Here's the way I think about this stuff and why I thought it was sort of worth reading the book is that we, I think we've discussed before that book, Slouching to Utopia, the Brad DeLong book, and he kind of is an advocate of, you know, um, democracy and liberalism and capitalism. But he also says these systems have these flaws, these vulnerabilities that, that, that they're constantly kind of failed by the elites. And so fascism and revolutionary socialism are ways that people signal this isn't working for us. This is failing. Um, we're not, you know it's 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 not working out for us and so it's a kind of canary in the coal mine thing that if people are reading something like this it it sort of is a signal that so, something is going wrong systemically something is going wrong yeah. systemically 
Is that the best you can come out with, Daniel? Well, I guess. You flabby <laughs> liberal. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the John Gray wrote an essay, and he says that the impact of Bronze Age pervert has been magnified by the social media persona. And that's always a risk, right? Yeah. Because you get, you know, the echo chamber, and it's, and it's gone. I mean, it's not a lasting yeah. influence. It's hard to know, isn't it, whether whether he's going to stand up. I guess so. I mean, I kind of thought that's what I thought, and then his, you know, his PhD thesis became a bestseller, and that's what made me think this is worth. You know, this this isn't going away. He's still around. It's worth paying attention to. All right, strange Thank you as for it is. It to our <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Hi, Dana McLaughlin talking about a book called Bronze Age Mindset, written by somebody who calls himself the Bronze Age Pervert which is strange in itself.